Welcome to the Executive View podcast, where you get to hear firsthand from world-renowned titans of industry. You'll hear from executives sharing their insights and opinions on business trends across every sector. As an industry-agnostic content provider, our interviewees are leaders in their field, giving practical and tangible advice on managerial best practices, operational efficiencies, innovations, and planning for the future in an ever-changing marketplace. This is The Executive View. In the dynamic landscape of Phoenix real estate, Phoenix Realtors is a shining example of excellence and innovation. What truly sets Phoenix Realtors apart is its unwavering commitment to its members. With exclusive access, members are empowered with the best market statistics in the Valley. In today's episode, we learn how Phoenix Realtors managed to maintain thousands of dollars in sales during the pandemic and triple their market share as they diversify their staffing levels. I'm Javier Robles, and today we're here with Phoenix Realtors. This interview is conducted by Karen Serka, our editor-in-chief. We hope you enjoy. Roller coaster, and it's totally tied to the interest rates. Um, You can really map when interest rates go up buyer activity drops off. When interest rates drop Mm -hmm. down, buyer activity picks up again. It's almost, you can watch the charts. It's almost an exact relationship. So last year when interest rates started the year off in the high twos, low threes, buyer activity was crazy. And then it went up to four and 5% seemed to be the place where buyers disappeared. Uh, And then it went to six and went to seven. Buyer activity really dropped off. And between Mm -hmm. September last year through the end of the year, we had the fewest, each week set a record for the fewest number of new buyers in escrow than any time in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, this year, activity is way up again. And I I think what I can attribute that to is that when rates go from three to five to seven, buyers like, no way. But then you get used to it. And then rates came down again from seven to six. We came just under six for about a week, a few weeks ago, and they're back up again to like six and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think buyers have figured that, oh, it's not so bad now compared to it was seven. Now it's six, I can buy a house. So buyer activity is definitely up. It's just not up as much yeah. as we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about having it uh, you know, directly correlational to the interest rates, which obviously is the case. But also there's those other factors that we'll want to ask you about in terms of, you know, and realtors too, how this has affected your agency and others, that there was this uh, ridiculous um, sort of turn of events in the market uh, during COVID where people were putting in these 200,000 over asking offers on properties, no contingencies, which you and I both know couldn't last. So what have you told your team or how did you prepare your team or were they ready for that? that obvious and inevitable level leveling out of the market. Those of us that have been in business for more than 10, 15 years, were definitely preparing and hopefully putting money away because we <laughs> knew it was going to turn around. It always, I mean, it's cyclical. Yeah, it just does. Yeah, yeah. It goes up. So, you know, there was agents that had been in the business a long time knew to put some money away because they knew it was going to come down again. Um, I see a lot of newer agents really struggling because they didn't prepare for the downturn. They're like, oh, we're going to stay in this forever. But I've been an agent since 2002. I've been through this, not this, but you know, a downturn once before. 
and uh, it caught me the first time, it's not going to catch me the second time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the longer you've been in business, the more you can prepare. And and look, the 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 more you have, and talking as somebody who coaches agents, the more you have consistent systems, you can adapt to the changing marketplace. So at Phoenix Realtors, we try to provide tools and services to our members to, you know, they all work for, everybody works for a brokerage and brokerages provide whatever level of support and training they provide. We try to give our agents access to tools and services to understand the market, to understand what's happening. One thing we provide at Phoenix Realtors that nobody else in the Valley provides are access to some data tools. Um, there, it's called um, it's called Fast Stats. Okay. Uh, that tracks what's happening, actual data of what's happening. You know, what's number of sales per week? You know, I watch every week how many new buyers are in escrow, how many new sellers are listing their house, which is a side note. Um, the number of new listings are significantly down in the Valley this year um, from where we typically are. And I think part of that is sellers who have 3% interest rates don't want to sell and move someplace and have a 5 or 6% interest rate. So it's mm-hmm. keeping it's keeping inventory low, which is nice, but it's also hampering the market. Um, anyways, we provide tools and services to make sure our agents can, you know, stay updated on what's happening in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But do you, sorry, do you go beyond that in terms of, of um, well, you're obviously educating them by providing them those tools, those analytics, the data, et cetera. But do you, do you go beyond in terms of offering uh, courses or seminars we connecting, do connecting or networking for these realtors. We do. We do uh, monthly CE classes for our agents, continuing education for our members uh, that covers topics of what's happening, topics of interest in the marketplace. We have a fine line, you know, as the, as an association, we have members from all different brokerages and there's a fine line between what's a brokerage responsibility to educate and train their agents and what's the association's job. Because different brokers have different opinions about how they want their agents to operate. Of in the course. Market. Yeah. 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 So our job is to provide the tools and services to make sure that they can stay educated on what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. Typically, we see sellers contributing, you know, maybe 1% of the sale price towards buyer closing costs. And now we're seeing close to 2%. Close, I think the median last month was $9,000 oh. of, buy, of seller high. assistance. Yeah. It's pretty significant. Prior to prior to COVID, that number was around four thousand dollars, and now we're over nine thousand median as uh, seller concessions. That's the mm-hmm. biggest shift I think we're seeing in the market. Mm-hmm. So that would be the number one shift or trend that you're seeing, and that's yeah. locally, I presume. Yes, that's so locally. You, yeah. So when you look at as an association, and you talk to your, uh, you're an affiliate or you're a member of the national association. What are you seeing? Uh, in terms of national trends beyond, you know, the Federal Reserve, you know, upping their overnight rate, what are you seeing as trends, real estate trends? Nationally, nationally, you know, I think the same thing is shortage of affordable housing is the biggest national issue right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all cities are dealing with it. Some regions are handling it much better than others. Um, You know, in Utah, they've passed a number of laws to allow buyers, uh, sellers, to build um, ADUs, additional dwelling units on their property. And Arizona hasn't passed that law yet to allow people to add, you know, if you have room to build like a a guest suite over your garage or something, Arizona hasn't done that. 
So some markets are really adjusting to what they're doing to bring in better housing. It seems to be a slower growth in Arizona for that. I know people are working on it, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a challenge. Real estate royalty can't be talked about without mention of Matt Laracy Realtors. The Matt Laracy Group recently rebranded, telling BVM. Uh, last year, we finished as the number one broker for transactions. Uh, year to date, uh, we are number one in every category. With over 45,000 agents, you can't go wrong choosing Laracy for your real estate needs. Laracy, your future, our expertise building dreams in every home. And today we're here with Phoenix Realtors. We hope you enjoy. We want to be more involved in our community, um, mm -hmm. you know, participating as, as community members um, to, to make, to make, again, make that dream of home ownership available to more people. Um, on a personal note, like as president of the association, I'm really committed to bringing more diversity to our our members. The real estate community does not match the um, uh, the racial diversity of our community. It's it's and this is an issue nationwide. This is nationwide. The average the average realtor countrywide is a is a female a 57 year old female. Is that really the case? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I want to see I want to see more youth get involved in real estate as a as an um, as a career. Mm -hmm. I want to see more people from underserved communities get involved in real estate. Mm -hmm. um, you know that that diversity piece is, is important to me, and our association has certainly has taken that on uh, to reach out to more communities and educate people. Um, you know, family wealth is built through real estate. And so there's so many people that have been excluded from that. And um, mm -hmm. I'm just really committed to shifting that conversation. That is so interesting that um, that you mentioned that. Um, I, I didn't realize there was such a high proportionate number of female the, realtors in general. Yeah. yeah. In the state of Arizona, 81% mm -hmm. um, of all realtors are white um and uh, white or hispanic and population is 56 percent um we have i think three percent of arizona are black or african-american and 0.5 percent of realtors are black um wow. the yeah. numbers just don't match up to the community and i think right. part of that so a lot of these underserved communities that that are more more renters and homeowners don't see opportunities because they don't see themselves in our community. Mm -hmm. You know, for the first time, maybe the first time ever, our state association has a black president, which is tremendous. And he happens to be from uh, uh, Tucson, I think, which is, which is Yuma, Tucson, he's from Tucson. Um, it, you know, it's, it's great to bring diversity in and have people see themselves, uh, see opportunity in places they don't typically see opportunity for themselves. And that's a that's a really big issue, but we mm -hmm. could do, we could have that story another time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's an ongoing issue for sure. But yeah. I'm glad it's something that you're focusing on and trying to change the the narrative and also the just the look in terms of the, the your membership. National Association of Realtors at the national level invests in new technology companies, trying to bring new technology to to the industry. Right. You know, yeah. Provide money. 
So we have formed a partnership with with Idaho, with Boise, Idaho, and Denver to participate in that as a regional group that um, to bring new tools to our members first, um, to you know, work with NAR uh, to invest our money into upcoming technology so that our members have first access to it before it gets out to everybody else. And that's that's unique. I think we're the first local uh, or one of the first local associations to get, it's called the reach, the reach program, R E A C H. So reach uh, program, how far um, heavily invested are you in? Is this preliminary stages or it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a huge investment. Um, but it is, a, it is an investment, um, in part. And that's why we partnered with these other associations to kind of, uh, pool the money, the limited money we have for this kind of thing into one, batch so that all of our members can be supported. Mm -hmm. so, so a regional, a, a regional focus, um, yeah. you know, folks, a regional tech fo focus, in other words. Yes. That's interesting because there's so many, I mean, I've written so many articles on different, you know, even north of the border, Canada, and I don't know if you heard of Phylogics and all these different um, programs, but at any rate, the CRMs that are being used right now in, uh, with realtors, with upfront document submission where you don't have to worry about, you know, endless paper trails and, and then you can, you can follow that right through to lender submission. So that's yep. what you're looking yep. at, sort of those seamless um, doc front um, tech all, kind, all kinds of things. So yeah, there's doc, doc processes. There's, there's um, AI, um, there's really interesting AI technology that can look at photos uh, of a property and be able to build a list of features that are in that property. Wow. Um, that if a realtor enters a listing and they forget to mention a fireplace, but the AI sees a fireplace in the picture to say, hey, you forgot this. Wow. Um, there are companies around the country trying to build, they're calling, I never heard the term till uh, a few months ago called um, digital clones that using these 3D photography companies, there's a couple of them out there, they're trying to build a library of floor plans for every house in America or the world, um, you wow. know, from yeah. from just data. Data is everything. It is, um, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a new company that's doing. Um, they work with builders and contractors that if you want to sell your house, they'll come in, they'll do the work to update it to help raise the value, and then share in the. They get paid through the extra money you make when you sell your house. Um, they won the award last year for most unique technology company. There's some out there for property management, helping uh, renters build build um, um, their their credit scores, um, build loyalty to the landlords through technology. There's um, investments where if you if you want to invest in real estate and you don't have the money, you can join this pool of investors that all buy property together to take advantage. And there's amazing different technology coming. Mm -hmm. um, for, for real estate and for the real estate industry. Um, yeah. yeah. Look up, look up, um, reach NAR reach. Yeah, uh, I definitely will. And uh, second century ventures, which is the financial end that backs that for the NAR. Um, mm -hmm. very, very exciting things. I went to the conference last year. The future is scary. The yeah. future, the but future exciting. of technology yeah. and it's exciting. Yeah. yeah it's exciting yeah. and scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if you want to lump this in in terms of tech, but it is technical. Well, how about the use of drones when it comes to appraisals and even um, site by scene um, 
you know, footage, 3D footage for clients that can't see the property in person. Absolutely. Huge future. They, yeah. have, to first, they have to first deal with um, airspace rights, you know, and this is what, what, what Amazon is dealing with is, can you fly a drone over private property? And how high does it have to be before you're infringing on somebody's their privacy? Yeah. Rights yeah. in their, you know, over their backyard. So there's definitely some issues coming with that, but um, for sure, it makes a huge, I mean, it's going to make a huge difference in information and mm -hmm. information access. Yeah. And they're um, using a lot of I, I, um, sorry, AI, artificial intelligence applications and insurance too, in terms of, you know, um, property damage and trying to predict, you know, what various catastrophic events, you know, based on um, um, previous damage and then and correlating that using uh, predictive Absolutely. models. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's incredible. And these are all linked, insurance, real estate, yeah. appraisal. So yeah, um, yeah I'm was incorporating that within the future is huge. I'm glad we talked about it, Butch, and I, we will mention that. Yeah, um, that's and that's and that's the thing is how do you maintain I mean, as you said, real estate is a relationship business. How do you maintain the human element? And this is going to go for everything, right? Chat GPT is the newest cool trend to build content for you, but it's generic. You'd lose mm -hmm. your voice. You lose your authenticity with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in real estate, you know, no computer has ever sold a house. It takes human intervention. How do you keep the human element and uh, as part of it because mm -hmm. technology can only go so far oh and absolutely as much as it it these days is pretty amazing you know uh, how do you main, maintain your value as a as a live real estate agent and a live human being in the process yep exactly and if you're looking at an end-to-end -end solution um like giving the example of doc submission that's fine because it frees up if you look at it in from the standpoint that you're freeing up that realtor to deal with more of the human interactions because they're not spending 60% of their time trying to trace documents and, right, right. and you know, so that's positive. But as you say, there's, you know, if it becomes too uh, programmed, then you're losing that human element. So it's all about a balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and as you said, you can look at a house through drone footage or 3D image, but until you walk in the house, you have no sense, mm -hmm. you know, of, of what it, for me, there's something about the energy of being in the space that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So. Cause you're going to yeah. live there, right? Which, so you're going to have to feel at home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unless it's an investment property. I, I could go on forever. I mean, you are obviously um, extremely well-versed and you have decades of experience and real estate is obviously something that I'm passionate to write about, but We've come to the end of our interview and it was a pleasure. From My pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Executive View. We hope this episode has brought you some insight. As always, please like and subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing and leaving us a review. Also, check out our social media pages and our website, www.businessviewmagazine.com. North America's best source of news for executives, entrepreneurs, small business owners, franchisees, and anyone else interested in current industry trends and best practices. And the best part is it's free to subscribe. Until next time.